Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from cold cantrips to clattering constructs, and today we're covering Copper Dragons. Hey, Brian. Kappa. Dragons. We're back again. Indeed. And we're talking about a metallic dragon this time. It's Kappa. It's still Year of the Dragon. It's It's been kind of a long Year of the Dragon, but I'm enjoying it. Aren't we like six or seven months into the Year of the Dragon now? Uh, I believe this will now. be eight months in. Did we start in January? We started in January with, yeah. Uh, yeah. what was it, Copper Dragons um, Part 2? Or not Copper, uh, Chromatic Dragons Part 2. Ah, two. that's right. Okay. And then Metallic Dragons Part 2. And then we started in on the individual, and now we've covered six of them. We're sliding all the way to December with this one, baby. Indeed. Okay. So, Tell me about Copper Dragons, Will. Let's talk about Copper Dragons. So Copper Dragons are on the lower end of the power spectrum when it comes to dragons in general, and they're the second weakest of the major five metallic dragons. Okay. Uh, though they're generally good-natured creatures, um, they have a well-earned reputation for being notorious pranksters, tricksters, and jokesters. Ooh, um, that's annoying. Yeah, I think annoying would be the right adjective to use to describe copper dragons. Okay. I would, I would even say they, they a lot of times ride the line between um, chaotic good and chaotic neutral. Um, <laughs> what they lack okay. in raw power, they make up for in wit, cleverness, and deceit. Um, also, it's to be noted that of all the five major metallic dragons, these dragons are the greediest. They okay. are the most avaricious, and um, they, they hoard... Now, I wouldn't say the most gold, but they're the most hoarding of their gold. So they don't necessarily, they're greedy, but they, that doesn't mean they have the most stuff? 
Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times when it comes to having the most stuff, it like, are you the most powerful thing around? Are you taking all the stuff? Like, that's going to get you the most stuff. It's just <laughs> the stuff that these guys have. They protect it a little more fiercely or a lot more fiercely than any other metallic dragon usually let's tu- does. Let's turn it into a business podcast. Well, just tell me about how to get more stuff. Just tell me what <laughs> I need to do. you accrue things. <laughs> um, no, let's get back to Copper Dragons. Yeah, okay. So Copper Dragons... Uh, have a fairly striking appearance with scales of a deep, warm color of burnished copper tinged in places with blue or sometimes green, mostly blue, though. Um, its head has a shorter, smaller face with no beak, uh, which is unlike a lot of the other dragons we've talked about, which do have like a beak like snout. Right. Um, they have broad, prominent brow plates over their eyes that extend up into thick, flat, coppery horns. They have a set of they have sets of ridges and frills that extend back from their cheeks and lower jaw area. And layers of triangular spines pointing down from their chin. Copper dragons are also the first dragon that we're covering that has wings that are connected directly to its body from the shoulder all the way down to the tip of the tail. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. There's basically, there's three dragons that kind of have this thing and they're all metallic. It'd be uh, copper, brass, and gold. And um, it's kind of just this this huge membrane that's connected to their body all the way down rather mm-hmm. than extending out wings. Right. Now... Uh, the wings on a copper are much more prominent towards the shoulder with a fairly like, severe tapering as it gets towards the tail, um, which gives the copper dragon a distinctive V-like shape or like yeah. bat-like shape. Or like super buff shoulders is dragon <laughs> skipping leg day. Right. When viewed, when, when you're viewing it from below in flight, it looks like this this big bat V, if you will. Like a bomber? Like a... I don't know. Like a, oh, I guess that would be the opposite. Right. Because the, the V, yeah. This would be okay. the V with the wings pointing forward. Up and forward. Yeah, <laughs> this exactly. Is a, this is a, a B2 bomber driving backwards in the sky. <laughs> there we go. That. Okay. <laughs> um, also, coppers are notoriously good jumpers and climbers with thick, well muscled thighs and shoulders. So, no, they're not, not skipping leg day. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. And they, <laughs> they're and doing they, both. They're doing both. And they exude a strong smell of stone. Okay. That's yeah. weird. Why? Because uh, they live in rocky areas mostly. Because I'm always rubbing on them rocks. <laughs> and most of these dragons exude a smell really related to the element that they tend to relate to. Like, you know, the red dragons, they smell like sulfur. Right, and, uh, yeah. We talked about blue dragons, they smell like petrichor mm-hmm. and, you know, so on and so forth. So copper dragons are gifted with a naturally cutting wit and refined sense of humor. They love a good joke, riddle, or story, uh, doubly so if they are the one telling it, um, which they're quite good at doing. Obviously, they're dragons. You know, dragons are going to be good at whatever it is they choose to do. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, because they are dragons, uh, they fail at just being chill about their talents. And instead, <laughs> they have a very overblown sense of pride and superiority for their cleverness. Yeah, okay. Um, a quick way to infuriate a copper dragon is to not laugh at its joke. I see. <laughs> roll to be. Roll or, to, or to fake laugh. is probably worse. Roll to be chill. Roll to be auto chill. Auto fail. Indeed. <laughs> All dragons. All dragons. Uh, the dragons are the opposite of chill. It's true. Unless, unless they're a silver dragon. Then they're oh, silver dragon's chill. real chill. Yeah, Bahamut's not chill. Bahamut's pretty chill. Well, I think chill Bahamut's dude, pretty like, chill. Do you think he's like chill though? I think, isn't Bahamut like doing stuff? I mean, he's doing stuff. When I think chill, I just think nice person. Oh, okay. That's my I'm, definition I'm thinking of like, you know, beanbag chair. You're thinking like laid back. Almost apathetic, but in like a, a fun way. Uh, like yeah, in a <laughs> like maybe not apathetic, but more yeah. I think I, I was that's why I said in a fun way. Yeah, like, like what you're saying, basically what you're saying, but lazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're you're attributing laziness to the word chill. Chill, just I guess to me. so. Chill for me is more like uh, someone I can be comfortable around because they're so friendly and nice. Well, lazy is not the right word because like chill is more like you know you're 
your molecules are not vibrating as hard. Yeah, we could be very literal. It's like cold. It's just a cold dragon. <laughs> I touch it. And it's just like, ooh, I see. No, that's not. Yeah. So that being said, uh, copper dragons are notoriously gracious hosts. So long as you're laughing at the jokes. Right. Uh, they are happy and mirthful as a general rule. They're sociable, funny, uh, and entertaining. They delight in sharing their wit and charm with others and are particularly fond of those with a bit of wit and charm of their own to share back. Does your dinner host that you've you, you've been invited to like a fancy party, does mm-hmm. your dinner host smell like rocks? <laughs> That's your first clue. Does he get really pissed if you don't laugh at his jokes? Yeah, is he really mad at the unfunny stuff he says you're not <laughs> laughing at? Is he mad about it? <laughs> Man, funny. you would think, well, they, they probably don't hit many like, it's probably more on the you side than the them side if you don't think their jokes are funny, huh? Because they're, they're probably really I, good at they it. They probably are really good at it. And yeah, I would say that you probably have a shit sense of humor if you don't laugh at a copper dragon. So if you're not joke. laughing at a copper dragon, if you're not laughing at you're this guy the guy that smells like rocks, that's your fault. Yeah, it's your fault. How dare you? <laughs> Get out of my house. I like you, copper dragons. <laughs> that's hilarious. So um, Copper dragons are in the YouTube comments, like arguing with the people that don't get along with how things went. Right, exactly. <laughs> okay, got it. So uh, again, they, they're really fond of people who have a bit of wit and charm of their own. So uh-huh. uh, bards in particular are sought after guests for Copper Dragons. Um, they they are... They Ooh, even, are they going to like patron? Like, I was about to say, they, they'd even go as far as being willing to sponsor one. Wow. Or to carve out an abode in its lair for one. If said bard is, of course, willing to regale the dragon with stories, riddles, and music. Um, to a Copper Dragon... This kind of companionship between someone of such refined sense of um, wit and and uh, talent, talent and com- and and not comedy, but I guess comedy, yeah, um, and performance, I guess, is a treasure in itself to be coveted. Yeah. So like that is part of their hoard in their mind. Kind uh, of. Yeah, this bard is in my hoard. You're in yeah. my hoard. Yeah, he's hoard adjacent. That's <laughs> I have for sure. A, I have a, a painting of you done to hang in the hoard as a representation. Exactly. So there's a, something physical. I definitely <laughs> see that. That's hilarious. <laughs> I need a physical representation. Carve okay. a statue out of this dude. Like, so, <laughs> make a mini out of well, him. Well, no, I think that's going a little too far because the copper dragons are really prideful and they. No, he, they he makes like a to. like a hero forge size mini. Oh yeah, I could see that. <laughs> and this is you. It's got him on the table. Like you should be going. To this town, I'll put your <laughs> so, mini here. Though copper dragons are overall friendly uh, to good and neutral humanoids, um, they aren't as actively fascinated by or involved in the affairs of mortals the same way that, say, gold, silvers, or bronze dragons tend to be. Okay. Uh, in truth, they find most people dull and boring, save for the few more interesting, talented, and witty ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, few copper dragons can resist the urge to show off their talent for tricks <laughs> yeah. and wit, regardless of their audience. And there's just a gang of mortals around all the time. Yeah. Real easy. Real Which is hot. like, uh, if you're wandering through a copper dragon's territory, I mean, the copper's going to see you, and he's probably going to think, oh, this is probably just some schmuck, but I'm hilarious, and someone needs to hear my jokes. So. Yeah. And it's easy. I'm going to tell like, him anyways. This dude gets hungry like at least two times a day. I'm yeah. going to bait him with food. And if he <laughs> and if he or she does not like my joke, I will I will give them bad directions. Oh, dang. <laughs> I can see oh, that, yeah. They're going to play a prank on exactly. Him. They'll be like, oh, you're trying to get to Dunshire. Oh, yeah, it's totally uh, northwest of here. Oh, I wonder if they would. <laughs> this is the type of like persona that would meet an adventurer that's like not that smart. Mm-hmm. And they have something super rare on them, like an item of power or something like that. The mm-hmm. dragon would try to like trick them out of the possession of yeah, it. Yeah, I could see a copper doing that. They're not like silvers and golds or bronze. They they're not dedicated to good necessarily. Yeah, they're like this would be great in my hoard, and this guy doesn't know what and he's doing guy, with it. And this guy doesn't deserve it. Yeah, <laughs> look at him. He can't unlock this item's <laughs> true potential. Right. This noob. 
This exactly. noob. How old are you? Twenty nine. You noob. Okay. So, uh, Copper Dragons love to be the center of attention, and though they greatly enjoy a bit of banter, competition, and some audience participation in their performance, they loathe being upstaged or outwitted. Uh, Draconic pride being what it is. Okay. So, again, they just can't be chill about it. Yeah. uh, Dragons, no chill. No chill. Chill, Chill's down to, like, one or zero. So, dragons uh, like to make their... Dragons. Copper dragons like to make their homes in dry, rocky upland hills or in mountains and carve out their layers from narrow caves within their territory. So again, we're back to why they smell like stone. Rock rubbing. Indeed, rock rubbing, copper dragons. Um, mm-hmm. They use their high proficiency in magic to move and shape stone to further enhance their layer. Uh, they tend to construct sprawling, twisting underground mazes full of traps designed to be annoying, infuriating, and confusing uh, for unwanted guests and uh, to protect their precious hordes. It's almost like this game had like dungeon design in mind when they were making I know, creatures. Right? <laughs> it's like, why do all these creatures like love dungeons so much? They love to make it's like all these creatures love to make dungeons that's so convenient for this fact, game. if you're a an adventurer and you stumble into a dungeon like you pretty much should know in canon of your own universe oh something powerful and evil probably lives here who carved all these tunnels <laughs> i don't I haven't seen a dwarf for days right okay so it's fairly common for copper dragons to actually compete amongst each other to see who can design the most confusing layer layout uh, also how do you test that i mean hey ben come check out this Shit I built. You got to come over to my lair, man. Yeah. I'm going to be inside. <laughs> See go to this location. Yeah. Just, yeah. You can do it. So Maybe. Probably not. The, You're stupid. The, See you there. <laughs> the fun thing or the funny thing about Copper Dragon's lairs is the labyrinth that they build itself is just a gigantic decoy. Um, its entrance will be fairly obvious in, oh. or, in order to trap and repel the greedy and unwanted uh, you know, out there in the world. But the Copper Dragon rarely spends any time within this lair at all. Instead, the Copper Dragon will have an extremely well-hidden secret back entrance that leads directly to a main entertaining chamber where the Copper Dragon actually lives and keeps its horde nearby. Um, Now, it is connected to the lair, and, like, you can get to this place through the lair, but the lair is such a fucking pain in the ass that you're probably never going to get through it. And there's this nice back door over here that no one else knows about. Yeah, he's probably like, oh, the journey (laughs) is is the reward. Of the right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, the reward was the friends we made along the way. I'll give you some coins if you can make make it through this way. I'll see you there. Well, now, where are you going? Oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> Bye. So um, this this entrance is a very personal entrance. Um, even if uh, good aligned creatures who know about the secret entrance attempt to enter enter or call the dragon's attention this way, it's considered to be extremely rude. <laughs> Please leave my secret entrance. It's very are, important to me. <laughs> unless they're really close friends. I have an emotional connection with this entrance. You, you just you don't you just don't get it. You, you need just to leave. Don't get it. I have a maze out front. Go there. <laughs> Go there. You can get in that way. Um so uh, because because of their chosen territory, copper dragons will at times find themselves uh, the neighbors of silver, red, and blue dragons. Um, silver spend as little time as they can manage uh, interacting with coppers, uh, finding them mostly annoying. Yeah. Um, blues and reds will, of course, attempt to drive out and or probably kill the copper dragons. Um, though completely outmatched, copper dragons see this threat from reds or blues as a challenge and will proceed to annoy, harass, and embarrass the evil dragons as much as they can get away with without getting killed. Oh my god, just outsmart them over and over <laughs> exactly. again. Exactly, just enrage. And you know with a red dragon, it's gonna get pissed. Oh yeah, it's gonna be destroying That's stuff. Be fucking Staying a step ahead of that bad boy is not can't be too hard for somebody on similar intellect. Yeah, indeed. And with that, let's take a short rest. Okay. 
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the episode we're not talking about the last thing we're talking about. We're talking about our love. It's platonic and strong. <laughs> right, Will? I mean, it's like John Lennon said, it's all you need. I guess. I mean, they need the podcast, too, to, like, feel... They need, like, well, what interaction. What is our podcast but one great uh, exercise of love? Uh, like, from a macro point of view, that's exactly what it is. Okay, that's... Yeah, exactly, yes. Uh, love of <laughs> love of ears uh-huh. and the people that use them Indeed. to listen to this Indeed. and the love of the game. Anywho, what are we, <laughs> what are we, what are we doing here in this I show? I believe rest? we have uh, patrons are supposed to shout out. Okay. Oh, yeah. Should I do that first? <laughs> yeah, let's do that okay. first. <laughs> um, let me just like make this super big so I can read it. Okay. 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 Everybody get, line up, everyone. Line up. <laughs> line up. All right. There's there. quite the line. All right. First in line. Who are you? Okay. Thank you, David Pascal. Thanks, David. Um, if you're getting a double, good for you. Uh, thank you, uh, Anthony. Thanks, Anthony. It's just Anthony. Um, let's see. Let's see here. Ooh, that one's hard. That one's hard to pronounce. What Thank you, Apophisu. Thanks, Apophisu. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Cinderon. Thanks, Cinderon. Uh, thanks, thanks, Benjamin Diggy Dignan. Is that yeah. is that DM Diggy from the Discord? Thanks, man. DM Diggy, thank you, man. Thank you, man. It's DM Diggy in the house. Up in the pledge. Thank you, man. We appreciate all the all the work you do. Indeed. Um, thank you, Mike Wilkinson. Thanks, Mike. Um, thank you to all of you who have 
pledged your allegiance to the Dungeon Cast. Now, uh, we really do appreciate it. I hope you're enjoying your bonus content. There's lots of fun things to do in Patreon. Go check it out, thedungeoncast.com. Or no, we don't have a website. We just have lots of websites associated with us. Yeah, it's I think it's patreon.com slash the dungeon cast. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at the dungeon cast at gmail.com. We haven't said that in a while. Um, and we want to thank everybody that's been working so hard in our discord. Mm-hmm. Um, all thank of our mods. Guys. Thank you guys so much. Uh, your, your hard work is uh, most appreciated and not uh, taken for granted. At all. I do not know what I would do without you guys. Indeed. It's getting out of hand in there. <laughs> thank you guys. <laughs> um, uh, <clears throat> let's talk about that thing. Yes, yeah, so uh, as tell most, them about the thing, Will. <laughs> as most of you probably know, we are running a contest where we're giving away the book Descent into Avernus, which is coming out, uh, I think, uh, September tenth or something like that. Either way, we're giving away a copy, and the way that you enter this contest is by tweeting out a link to our show, SuperQuest Saga. Not this show. A lot of people keep trying to do the Dungeon Cast. No, that's fine too. Not the Dungeon Cast. Like, but please do the other one, SuperQuest Saga. Yeah, is how you get into to the contest. We don't really promo super hard on that show, so we are doing it yeah. here. Honestly, the the contest is really, I think, working and spreading the word because our subscribers on that show are really going up. And uh, thank you guys because that's exactly what we're going for. We really we're proud of the show. We are confident in the show, and the fans who have been fans of the show are really enjoying it. So we're just trying to spread the word. Yeah, it so, seems like it, it gets such a good response that like it. Must be we must be doing something good there. So mm-hmm. please go check it out. So uh, again, you're going to tweet out a link to the show SuperQuest Saga with the hashtag SuperQuest, uh, and you can enter that one. I believe you, Brian, have a way of entering. An you can enter this contest again. That's right, two times, two times, one descent into Avernus for one lucky person. Uh, we're going to put you in a little bucket tied to the well and just lower you down in there. <laughs> uh, but you can go on to the Dungeon Cast Instagram, find the descent into Avernus poster. It's got like. Zariel on it or something? Is that like an angel? Mm-hmm. It looks okay. And then um uh just go down there, tag two people, recommend Super Quest Saga to them. Indeed. That's and all you gotta we do. will be drawing a name on September first. Yeah, we will. You tell them Will. <laughs> and with that being said, let's get back to the show. Let's go back to the show. We have to go back. <laughs> we have to Marty. Go back. It's your kids. We have to go back to the show. <laughs> it's your kids, Marty. They're not listening to the dungeon cast. <laughs> Turned. Oh, holy shit, it's Doc Brown. He's in a flying train. What? Uh, never mind. <laughs> okay. uh, let's get back to Copper Dragons, Will. Do we okay. have things left to talk about? We do. We got a few things. Hell and then, yeah. And then we'll get to the stats and whatnot. I love um, these annoying big assholes. Yeah, they're they're pretty, pretty <laughs> annoying, but so I are like the, them too. Are these depicted as like a green in color? Like sort of thing, you know, copper is what I think of. No, with, they're like, like a, a rich, style. a rich, uh, deep burnished copper. If you go to the beach and they have, uh, they have electrical poles like overhead. Mm-hmm. There, mm-hmm. there's copper wire up there, and it'll it'll turn green. It's dope. Right. No. No. With this, it's like a burnished copper, but there are tinges of blue, which I think is an homage to how copper does uh, oxidize. Okay. So Sweet. I think the same. They do the same thing with bronze dragons with green as well. So, can you clean the oxidization off of stuff? Yes, you can. Oh, should they clean the Statue of Liberty? Uh, probably that? not, because I think over time, like the surface will reoxidize, and if you keep doing that, it'll degrade. The it'll material. just fucking yeah. erode if exactly. you do that. That's, okay, yeah, exactly. Sweet. I mean, I'm not an expert in this, but that's what I imagine would exactly happen. Okay. So, because copper dragons, uh, their chosen terrain crosses with that of brass dragons as well. Like we mentioned, silver. We mentioned uh, red and blue, but also brass dragons, which we've not talked about on the show really. But we're about to a little bit. They're pretty similar. I mean, like they're, a, they're, they have some similarities. Dragons um, be dragons. Dragons and then, be dragons. Like, you know, 
So slight differences. Again, their terrain cross paths with that of brass dragons, and both of these metallics are highly social. Um, brass and copper dragons have a tendency to form friendships or at least passing acquaintances. It's almost inevitable. They can't help but talk to each other. But these interactions of relationships do have a pretty high tendency to devolve into bitter rivalries. Um, both dragons are notable communicators, but while coppers are joke tellers, riddlers, and funny story sharers, brass dragons are gossipers, conversationalists for conversation's sake and the like. There are a lot of small talk and a lot of like really like they'll just talk and talk and talk and so talk. Brass and talk dragons and talk are and talk. in the other room talking shit about the copper dragons. They'll talk shit about anybody. But my point is like they just don't stop talking and they like to hear themselves talk. And so it's only a matter of time before the coppers constant joking or interrupting of the brasses long-winded and inane jabbering annoys the opposite party is what oh, I'm trying okay. to get at. <laughs> so once insults or jabs uh, in the conversation start to fly, things will escalate really quickly until one dragon none too gently leaves vowing revenge for such disrespect. Oh, damn. Um, uh, so we're talking about like centuries-long wars of pranks and colorful insults and practical jokes between these two. Oh, geez. It's just okay. like they just don't get along and they're constantly hurling shit at the other. Oh, there's probably like, oh, man, generations of their their great grandfathers fucking got got into it at a tea party and it's just never broken. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's you, never maybe. gotten smoothed out. I guess so. <laughs> now, this applies the same kind of deal applies between two copper dragons if they're sharing territory. Because sure. Again, they don't remember. Copper dragons don't like being outstaged, and they like being the center of attention. So if you put two of those people in the same room, they're going to get along at first until they feel threatened. And then next thing you know, they're fucking enemies. They're having a social-emotional fight to the death. Indeed. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So outside of courtship, copper dragons tend to avoid each other. Okay, yeah. Totally. Uh, which makes sense after what we just talked about. Uh, courtship with copper dragons is an odd mix of tenderness. You're the best. No, you're the best. No, wait, I'm the best. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so courtship with copper dragons is this strange mix of tenderness and outrageous humor. Okay. So coppers are attracted to mates who can make them laugh, which is normal because that's how humans work too. Um, these partnerships will only tend to last long enough to raise their brood, after which everyone goes their separate ways because no one can stand each other. <laughs> so At that is. point, they've all sat down to too many games of Monopoly. Indeed. There's been there's been rage and yeah. tears. And, and they've just, all heard each other's jokes one too many times. Yeah, man. They, yeah. they can't let go of that thing that kid did that one time. It's just like, okay. That's hilarious. So when it comes, when it comes to diet, uh, coppers are known to eat most things. But they have a tendency to favor poisonous or venomous creatures. What the fuck? Which is pretty interesting. Their digestive systems are capable of handling almost any poison safely. And many copper dragons claim that a diet of regular venom sharpens their wit. <laughs> now, do you, do, does this person is this person entering your home smell like rocks? Did they ask you if you have any rat poison under the sink? Right. Uh, I, you're going to need to check that boy. He's a copper dragon. Now, this is a bit of a stretch, but I think this might be a reference to the fact that in real life, copper is a very potent antimicrobial and antibacterial material. Oh, hey. Bacteria and microbes cannot survive contact with copper. Oh, shit. Um, a lot of people don't know that, so I thought that was a fun fact. And this might be, so make maybe the copper neutralizes the poison, even though coppers in real life don't neutralize poison. I still feel like there's some sort of connection there, but maybe I'm just... Maybe that's their, like, it. role in society to, like, the good that they play. They eat up all the poisons. So yeah, you, maybe. So you yeah. can't. They're pest control, for sure. They're just eating <laughs> rattlesnakes. Indeed. Okay. So coppers have an extremely standard preference when it comes to their hoard treasures, you know, gems or coins, etc. They're just... Real standard dragons. Okay. Yeah. Nothing special. You know, with the 
with the blue dragons, I think it was specifically sapphires were like their shit. And with silvers, they liked historical things. And bronze dragons liked war shit. Right. Copper's just like gold. I don't know. Fuck it. Is it worth something? I'll <laughs> yeah, take it. Exactly. <laughs> all those guys took all the cool shit. I'll just take whatever's left. Right. As, a, right. as a general rule, uh, coppers are nonviolent creatures. Mm. But when backed into a corner, they are notoriously tenacious, scrappy, and intelligent fighters. Uh, they prefer careful strategy and planning to brute force. You know, obviously, they're the weaker kind uh, one of the weaker kinds of dragons they need an edge <clears throat> they have the but they have the ability to punch above their weight class if you will uh when dealing with mightier foes uh because of their cleverness because they're so smart and they can think ahead it's not those powerful back legs they just like grasshopper <laughs> kick someone well, i mean i'm like... sure they utilize those as well okay um <laughs> still though uh regardless of the situation a perfect victory in the eyes of a copper dragon uh comes from taunting and annoying a foe so thoroughly that they just give up Okay. That's their that's their idea of a perfect win. I'm just going <laughs> to piss you off. It's just like, please go SD off that cliff. <laughs> I'm going to just fly. Like uh, There's uh, a party with no range. They're just going to fly above them like you wish <laughs> over and over again. Yeah, seriously, I can see that. So any questions about Copper Dragons before we get into uh, their layer and regional effects and all that jazz? Uh, I'm actually really interested in like what the regional and layer stuff is. So. Yeah, me too, because I actually haven't read it, so I'm about oh. to. <laughs> we're, we're all here. We're all going through we're it together this, this together. time on the Dungeon Cast. Okay. Um, I'm sure uh, it'll begin to ring some bells once I start reading it. So, original effects. A region containing a legendary copper dragon's lair is warped by the dragons of magic, which creates one or more of the following effects. Uh, first effect. Magic carvings of the dragon's smiling visage can be seen worked into the stone terrain objects. In the oh, my God. Radius of the dragon's lair. That's amazing. <laughs> hey. <laughs> uh Effect two. Welcome to Dragon Town. Yeah. Tiny Welcome to my house. Tiny, okay. be- tiny beasts, such as rodents and birds, that are normally unable to speak, gain the magical ability to speak and understand Draconic while within a one-mile uh, radius of the dragon's lair. These creatures speak well of the dragon, but can't divulge its whereabouts. That's fucking cool. Wow. I like that. That's really flavorful. And lastly, intelligent creatures within one mile of the dragon's lair are prone to fits of giggles. Uh, even serious <laughs> matters suddenly seem amusing. See, that's okay. not fair. That's not fair. Like, maybe your jokes aren't that great. If you're having that effect, though, like, your jokes only have to be subpar. Right, yeah. That's ridiculous. Uh, shit. Well, well Motherfucker Copper Dragon. That's in its its region, right? So, like, wherever yeah. it, it makes its home. So it could leave that area and not have that effect? Yeah, like, when it goes to, like, once they stand up in the town next door, like, it's it just it never does well. My charisma <laughs> infects the land. Okay. So let's talk about layer actions. So, again, initiative 20 count. The dragon takes a layer action to cause one of the following effects. Um, only two here. I've noticed that the metallic dragons only get two effects, while the chromatics, which eh, makes sense, are more aggressive. They get three. Um, the dragon chooses a point on the ground that it can see within 120 feet of it. Stone spikes sprout from the ground in a 20-foot radius centered on that point. The effect is otherwise identical to the spike growth spell and lasts nice. until the dragon uses a, the, this layer action again or until the dragon dies. That's pretty handy. Yeah, know? just slow movement down and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And I think you can even do some damage with that. And then the uh, second effect is the dragon chooses a 10-foot square area on the ground that it can see within 120 feet of it. The ground in that area turns into three-foot deep mud. Now, that, that there we go about slowing movement. Each creature on the ground in that area when the mud appears must succeed a DC 15 dexterity saving throw. That seems low for a dragon. DC 15, if you're fighting an ancient dragon, you're probably going to succeed at that. In the mud? In the okay. mud. Or sink into the mud and become restrained. A creature can take an action to attempt a DC 15 strength check, freeing itself 
or another creature within its reach and ending the restrained condition on a success. Moving one foot in the mud costs two feet of movement. On initiative count 20 on the next round, the mud hardens and the strength DC to work free increases to 20. That's pretty cool. I mean, like rolling, making, forcing your opponent to roll dice is good in yes, the sense that, like, true. the more dice you roll, the more opportunity there is to fail. This especially is true. when, like, succeeding that roll is, like, mostly just inconsequential. Like, I just burned one of your successes on something. Yeah. Like, you're I mean, going to have to if, move through if difficult you're going to view it anyway. like, you know, I think a lot of people will view their dice like, oh, I rolled a crit on a roll that didn't matter. I've wasted my crit. Yeah. But that's not how probability works. Well, I mean, like, the more they're rolling the dice, like they could, they could like burn their. Yeah, they but could have used the crit. The reality is like when you play the game, you you could burn your crit on that instead of well, an attack. But that's the thing, like what you roll in any given time does not affect any other roll that you make. I suppose, yeah, yeah. Like I know it's really easy to view it like that, but statistically speaking, it 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 doesn't work like that. But regardless, it presents <laughs> an opportunity for your opponent to fail, and the su- succeeding it is in. Really yeah, if you succeed, you succeed, but if you fail, you know. Something bad happens. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So uh, let's get to Ancient Copper Dragon uh, stats now. We're going to notice that there is quite a dip in power, but still quite powerful because, you know, they're a fucking dragon. So armor class 21, which is great, actually. Uh, strength 27, dex 12, which is pretty low. Constitution 25, intelligence 20, wisdom 17, charisma 19. So now we're, like, when we hit this level, power level of dragons, most of the stats are falling from the high teens to the low 20s versus like a red or a silver where everything's like from the mid 20s and up. Okay. So like they they are just distinctly less powerful. Um, dark vision, blindsight, all that jazz. Uh, challenge rating 21. Legendary resistance, which we've covered many times. That's the thing with dragon. If they fail a saving throw, they can choose to succeed instead and they can do that three times a day. I think their last dragon episode, we talked about like flavoring the legendary actions a little differently like per dragon right right okay well we talk about reflavoring a lot of the dragons because again they're just so identical with just differences in like uh you know damage and 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 hit a bonus right and then like oh yeah and their breath is kind of different yeah it's essentially all they're all the same monster with certain tweaks which is so lame to me just so so lame to me but anyways uh the bite is 2d10 plus 8 the claws 2d6 plus 8 and the tail attack is a 2d8 plus 8 they have frightful presence which all dragons have um, their breath, they have their two breaths because they are metallic dragons, so they got that going for them. And their first breath that everyone knows them for is their acid breath. Dragon exhales an acid, acid in a 90 foot line that is 10 feet wide. Um, each creature in the line must make a DC 22 dexterity save or take 14 D8 acid damage. Wow, my god. Um, and then they have a slowing breath, which again is their non lethal breath. Uh, the dragon exhales a gas in a 90 foot cone. Each creature in the area must succeed DC 22 constitution saving throw. On a failed save, the creature can't use reactions, its speed is halved, and it can't make more than one attack on its turn. Ooh, that's pretty brutal. Nice. In addition, the creature can use either an action or bonus action on its turn, but not both. Ooh. These effects last for a minute. Oh, God. The creature can repeat the same throw the enemies of its turn. That's a really good. That's oh, yeah. a, that's you, debilitating as fuck. If you pop that early, yeah. you've locked you've locked yeah. a couple of, of classes down. Yeah, at least for a turn or two, because yeah. it's like, okay, you can't move basically. Uh no reaction, so you know, great. You can't, you know, opportunity attack or anything like that. Um if you choose to make an attack, you don't get your extra attacks. You only get attack once, which at right. that level sucks because you should have like three or four. This is basically like Rex the Barbarian. 
Yeah, and then you and can't then bonus action and action, and then you right? can't bonus action and action. So, so like, if you catch it early, you're hot. Damn, you got a rage. Look at you, Copper Dragon, yeah. punching above your weight, just like I said. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then uh, after magic. The, yeah, after that is their inherent ability to change shape, which the metallics have, but the chromatics don't. And then legendary actions again. This is this was the thing I think we talked about it. Legendary actions, they're the same for every fucking dragon, and they're all relatively boring. You have detect, which is useful because invisibility is kind of a thing. So uh, detect makes it so the dragon can make a wisdom check for free. Right. Um, so they can find Bilbo or whatever. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, then their tail attack, which is just an extra tail attack. It's like, how boring can you get? And then, uh, again, wing attack, which costs two points to do. And this one's interesting, but it, to me it's less interesting because every single dragon has it. And that's the uh, move where the dragon beats its wings. Each creature within 15 feet of the dragon must succeed on a DC 23 dexterity saving throw or take 2d6 plus 8 bludgeoning damage and be knocked prone. The dragon th- can then fly up to half its flying speed. So, again, for me, I just think the legendary action should be customized to each dragon. You know, work in their element. Um, work in their ability to cast magic. Yeah. Uh, you know, work in just work in like whatever their strength is. In the case of the copper dragon, it's being clever. So maybe some sort of like distracting thing or misleading thing or an illusion thing. Like while maybe with a dragon that's not like more brute strength, maybe like some sort of like trampling legendary action. You know, something along those lines. That's just my opinion, though. Turn that mud thing they do into like it's poison feces. That's disgusting. Yeah, man. That's so fucking gross. <laughs> whatever, bro. Yeah, like, whatever works. That's flavor right there. <laughs> Indeed, that is it's true. It's disgusting, nasty It's gross flavor, flavor yeah. but it's flavor it's all flavor. the same. And with that being said, I think we can get ready for a long rest, unless you have any questions about Copper Dragon. It's like the hot ham water in Breath of the Wild. It's like, fuck, it's gross, but, you know, it's good. It's flavor. No, thank you. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, no, long, long rest time. All right, so uh, before we leave, we just want to share with you guys uh, our secondary channel, TDC Plays, where we hear the Dungeon Cast Center around and play video games. And uh, if you are into that or interested in that, you should click the link in the description because we're having a lot of fun there. I think right now we're most of the way through uh, Legend of Zelda, the Wind Waker HD playthrough. We started a horror game called Darkwood. Um, I think you're still doing Mega Man? Uh, yeah, but I need to figure out how to do the how to record it right. Oh, oh, right. I can I can show you how. Yeah, just yeah, show me the I'll settings you and I'll get yeah. back to that. Because I remember I think, you were having a frame rate problem, right? Yeah, my tornado's not showing up. Yeah, you need to record it, I think, at either 24 or 30 frames per second. Yeah, but. I don't know anything about it, so yeah. Will does, and he's going to show me. Yeah. Um, I did finish editing um, the Majora's first two Mask. Majora's Mask drops, Sweet. so those cool. are done. Me and nice. Jake play Majora's Mask. It was pretty fun. I, I liked it. Nice. Um, the, Have you guys finished the game, actually? No, okay. but um, we're into... We're into, like, basically the intro is out of the way, and that's going to be kind of rough. Um, like, well, it's, it's it's just long. That's all. Right. Yeah. That, well, I that, think a lot of people haven't played it before, so they'll be interested probably. It is a very, like, good-looking game for its time, for oh, sure. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. There's a yeah. lot of cool color palettes they're <laughs> using and stuff, and, and we do, there's some fun, we get up to some antics, you know, within within the box of Zelda that we, we put ourselves into. Anyway, yeah, that's going up this week. Cool. Um and, and Smash Sundays, every Sunday, we're playing Smash Brothers. Yeah, so. when we can. We got and super busy. Yeah, we did get super busy, but it's coming back. As a matter of fact, we're going to record two episodes today. And uh, Oh, yeah, we are. And uh, we're getting better at the game, I think. I think I feel like I'm getting better at Smash Ultimate, so I'm excited to play today. It's uh, There's a lot of, lot of changes going on in that game, so we'll, we'll go explore those probably. And, and with that being said, yeah, let's get out of here. Let's call it a game. I'm going to go to sleep now. Talk to you guys later.
the Dungeon Cast. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.